this morning. I want to mention one thing. I got a text this morning. Steve and Mindy Kelly, uh, they're members here at Crossbridge, and her blood pressure, I sent this out this week, her blood pressure's been really high. This morning, or, or this week, we, they got it down. This morning, again, it's really high. She's probably about ready to go to the ER, so let's pray for her this morning. Keep them in our thoughts and prayers. I know we still got also some people that are sick, um, but I'm glad you're here this morning, and, and for the ones that aren't here, I hope they're watching online. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to do our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, just for the opportunity to be here, Lord, to worship you, uh, to celebrate this ministry, and um, uh, Lord, that just, I, I believe with all my heart, and I say this, I believe that if, if you were walking here with us right now, that you wouldn't be hanging out with me on Friday or Saturday night, you'd be ministering to people uh, through a ministry just like this. And so, uh, Lord, Lord, I pray that we as a church... We keep, we keep steadfast in, in doing this ministry and, and, and Lord, expand it and just keep uh, doing your work of sharing the truth of who you are in our local community and around the world. And so, Lord, I'm excited about today. Uh, I want to lift up Mindy to you this morning, uh, Lord. I pray for her. I, I pray her blood pressure goes down. I, I, I pray, Lord, for the ones that are sick this morning that can't make it today. Just be with them. Uh, bring them peace and comfort. And in all things, God, we want to worship you today in song and giving and the preaching and teaching of your word. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
All right.
joy come every battle cause I know that's where you'll be I count the joy come every battle cause I know that's where you'll be all right thank you guys you may be seated this morning uh, we're going to start off with something uh, on our announcements this morning that is just very, very important to this church. So we have a very active discipleship program. And so what we have is we have a four... Here, here's why. Jesus, when he says, go therefore into all the nations and preach the gospel and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them all that I've commanded you. So we believe when someone becomes a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't just pat them on the back and say, okay, good luck living your faith out. We want to teach them. We want to teach them exactly what Jesus tells us. So we have a 14 lesson. I call it lesson, not necessarily weeks, because it can take longer than 14 weeks. But we have a 14 lesson discipleship book that we go through with people. And whenever they complete that discipleship, we'd love to give them a certificate. And so the whole point is, who are you discipling and who's discipling you? Because we never get to a point in our walk that we don't need somebody discipling us, including myself. So here this morning, Trey, come on up here. This young man, because it's Freeway Sunday, I am very, very excited for him. He is, uh, he's going to be, at one time or another, before too long, potentially leading his own freeway ministry in Missouri. And that's the point, church, is to raise up leaders and send them out to make a difference in the kingdom. So we have Trey and Savannah. He has been discipling Nick, and I'm going to let you take it from here. Nick, you want to come on up? I just want to say that with Freeway, uh, this is the game changer. It's discipleship. It's having somebody in your business. And it, you don't have to be an addict, and you don't have to have come from a background like we came back from to get involved in this. And I just think it's super important. And it's beneficial to your walk in Christ to have somebody there next to you, leading you, guiding you, telling you what the Word says, and explaining things to you, and just being there for you in your hardships and your trials in life. And me and Nick didn't start off on very good terms when he came to the program the first time, but he bounced back, and he's a bounce-back story, and I love him, and uh, I'm just so proud of you. And like he said, this isn't, it's 14 lessons, but it took us like eight months, and so it's uh, it's time-consuming, but it's it's super beneficial. And so you want I just want to say thank God for giving me a second opportunity to be able to go over the word with my disciple Trey here. He's my best friend, my brother, and I thank God for the opportunity to change my life. Thank you, fellas. All right. Thank you, guys. So um, I, today I want to officially announce this. I've talked about it on Wednesday nights, but... You know, we've had an associate pastor opening for a couple of years, and it ties into what we're celebrating today with Freeway. Uh, Mike Estelle has officially accepted the position of associate pastor here at Crossbridge. So Mike's background is about, oh, nine years ago, probably eight or nine years ago now, he was sitting in Webster County Jail and professed Christ as his Lord and Savior, um, but facing literally life in prison. He went to Freeway. And graduated uh, the program. There were some rocks in the road that he can tell you about. But he graduated the program, uh, was faithful, and decided, I want to go to seminary. So Mike went to BBC in Springfield, graduated, one of the top in his class. He was um, just did an amazing job in college. Uh, graduated, came back here, and we had him on as our youth uh, minister uh, for quite a while. Did, him and Kim did a great job uh, with the youth 
he took a position in Rapid City, South Dakota with Freeway Rapid City, where he went up and he, he was the director of Freeway in Rapid City. And she opened, um, they opened uh, women's houses in Rapid City, had a women's program for Freeway in Rapid City. Did an amazing job. Uh, well, now he is coming back officially. Uh, and I think God's timing is perfect because around Rapid City, I'm not going to preach a sermon, I promise, but around Rapid City, there's, there's a whole lot of, uh, of Indian reservations, um, some of the largest reservations in the country. And when he decided, when they decided to come back here, two things really were, were happening. Number one, something we're going to be talking about in a business meeting next Sunday after church, is we are going to have, uh, this spring, early summer, we are going to open uh, Marshfield Freeway Women's Discipleship House. So... Exciting stuff for the church, um, so it's going to be great because Kim has experience in running women's houses, right? Uh, and the person that, that uh, Kenneth, who we support at Mercy Gate Church in South Dakota, we're going to continue to support Kenneth at Mercy Gate in South Dakota, um, he hired uh, to run the freeway houses a young lady named Jody that has came here uh, that is Native American. Now, that's amazing because Jody is going to be able to relate to a lot of people in Rapid City, uh, I think even better than Mike and Kim were. So I think God is working in all of it, uh, and, and that's just kind of uh, a testimony of this ministry and what it's done for our church, how it's impacted our church, and how this, this, this ministry and how we're, we've raised up leaders and we're sending them out and they come back and they're in ministry and they're, it's affecting people's lives. And so that's an exciting thing. Uh, okay, on to the announcements. We do have that business meeting next Sunday after morning service. Please stay. Uh, ladies' craft day is today from 1 to 4 this afternoon at the church. From 1 to 4 this afternoon. Are the ladies meeting for coffee this week? When, Wednesday morning at Grillo's, ladies, 8 o'clock, 8.30? 8.30, uh, ladies' Grillo's uh, this week on Wednesday. Uh, the Bible study, men's Bible study. We are having men's Bible study tonight uh, at 6 o'clock. We're starting a group discipleship. So, fellas, if you want to get involved with discipleship, we have a group one. It's starting this afternoon at 4.30. This afternoon at 4.30 uh, here at the church. Men's prayer breakfast, Saturday, January 21st at Grillo's uh, at 8 a.m. Wednesday night schedule. I want to go over the Wednesday night schedule real quick. About once every couple of months or once a quarter, we have a Wednesday night prayer night. This Wednesday night, we're going to have Wednesday night prayer night. We pray over all of our prayer requests. Then we divide up into groups, and we pray for our missionaries. We pray for our ministries that we're doing. And then at the end of the evening, we circle up in a big circle all the way around the church, and we have a, a group prayer with one another. If you've never went to one, it's, a, it's awesome. Uh, so please come Wednesday night, this Wednesday night. The following Wednesday night, we're going to be doing a, a, a study, just a one-week thing called Living a Life of Significance. With Tim Tebow. If you don't know Tim Tebow's story, just Google it this afternoon. Read up on it. It's really, really good. And then Wednesday, January 25th is when we will be starting our Proverbs study upstairs. Uh, the ladies, led by Brenda Cook, are going to start a verse mapping. So ladies, if you want to go to that, you can or you can come upstairs. The verse mapping is a, an easy way that you can help you memorize scripture and go through scripture. So I'm excited about that. Um, also today, speaking of Rapid City, I, I brought this up. So Rapid City, the freeway uh, houses, the ladies' apartments up there, they had a fire on Christmas Day. Uh, and I talked to Mike this week, and so we're like, how can we... They had a lot of water damage on furniture, on some of the stuff. So 
what can we do as a church? So we are partnering up uh, with Timber Ridge, another church that supports uh, Freeway, and we are going to, to replace the furniture and the items for the Freeway Rapid City women's houses. So here's the deal. Our goal uh, is $2,000. So if you would like to donate towards Rapid City, uh, that, that fund, uh, just write it in the memo line, right? Rapid City Fire in the memo line. We also have a GoFundMe on the uh, church uh, page. So uh, we're going to try to raise $2,500. That's what Mike said it would take to replace the stuff that was damaged. So if you would like to help with that, uh, you can. Last thing, I mentioned this, the, the ladies' discipleship house. I am extremely busy, and so I need some help. If you know of anybody who would like to start looking for a roughly three-bedroom, two-bath house here in the Marshfield area, come and see me. If you would like to serve on a team that starts looking for a house, maybe you have a house, maybe you know somebody who has a house, come and see me. I want to have a couple of volunteers that kind of take the bull by the horns on that and start looking for a house. The time frame is roughly March, April. We got paperwork that we'll need to get done with John uh, and, and Kim. Mike and Kim will get here. But March or April time frame, we'd like to start looking. Uh, we already have, just so you know, we have roughly $30,000, $32,000 in donations uh, have already been made towards uh, that, that women's house. Uh, so we've we got a, a good foot in the door uh, on that. So if you want to help with that, please let me know. Last announcement, young adult event, college, college class, college and career class, Sunday, January 22nd, they're going to go to Springfield uh, and either go bowling, go to an escape room, have a lesson. It's going to be roughly 12 to 4. Uh, they'll have lunch after the activity. So get with Rachel and Dustin Curley. You guys want to wave at everybody? Perfect. Dustin doesn't want to. Get with them, uh, if college and career age class. You, you have to be college and career age class. You can't just want to identify as somebody in the college class, okay? Uh, but get with them if you want to go on that. Anything else this morning on announcements? That was a busy day. Okay, if you would stand this morning, we're going to take up our morning offering and have our time of worship uh, before John comes. So bow your heads with me and we'll pray bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you again, uh, God, just for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship you. And as we enter our time of worship, uh, God, giving is an act of worship. So I pray, God, that we're giving you our best this morning, that you use that to further your kingdom, God, that the gospel will be shared not only on a local level and a regional level, uh, but around the world, Lord, and, and, and it funds that. And so, Lord, thank you uh, this morning for the ability to do that. As we enter our time of worship, God, I pray that uh, any distractions we may have in our lives, uh, Lord, just take them away during this time. We can focus on you, and we can focus, Lord, on how, um, how to grow in you. Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here visiting today that doesn't have a personal relationship with you, doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, I pray this morning, your Holy Spirit convicts them that they need a Savior. Uh, God, the preaching of your word will convict them, and, and Lord, they'll be saved today. Time is drawing near. We never know, uh, Lord, when we're going to be in eternity. So I pray, Lord, uh, this morning for that. And in everything, God, we want to worship you. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen. I've been 
All right, so, uh, you know, I was just thinking about something before I introduced John, that um, he is, John's one of my really, really good friends, somebody we talk, I talk to every couple of weeks, and, you know, Mike Estelle coming down from South Dakota, I, when I look at my life and how even maybe John or Mike grew up, and I look at being raised, how I was raised, and my father was a, a deacon of a church and raised a pretty sheltered life as a kid. There's, there's no way that I would have any kind of relationship. The only way that, that we come together and is because of Christ. We're so united because of Christ. And, and I, I love this ministry because there's just people that can relate to maybe what they've been through in their life. And I know there's people that can relate to me in my life. And I love this ministry and what binds us together as brothers and friends and somebody that can be there for one another is Christ. And that's what's an amazing thing about this ministry. So I love this Sunday every year. Um, I, I, I always say, like, when I hear my father-in-law preach, um, I, don't, I don't think I could ever hear my father-in-law preach a sermon and sit there and not be convicted of my sin and not want to... Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I really feel the same way about John Stroop. And uh, I want you to pray for him. And I want you to pray for Savannah too. Uh, and, and I'm going to bring this up uh, because we're going we're gonna to go forward with this, whatever we have to do. But we're Savannah, the senior class uh, of Marshfield every year, gets to pick a project that they can do uh, for the community. Well, Savannah this year has decided to uh, have a junior high assembly and have John come and speak at the junior high assembly. 
and she's getting a little bit of pushback from that for some, from for some people, and uh, it's not going to go very well on pushback. We're going to get it done, but I want you to pray for that too, uh, because that's what we feel about this, is that this is important. This is the gospel and, and his message, and so it's my honor and privilege to listen to this guy today, Mr. John Stroop. Amen. I'm going to scoot this down a little bit. So they usually say, say it, don't spray it. But today we're going to spray it, not say it. So you guys are in the splash zone this morning. It's an honor and privilege to share the pulpit with Brother Jeff and uh, to be here with you guys. I've been privileged and honored to be called to chase after people most run from. And uh, my son and I had the privilege, and I'm not boasting, but... This is uh, my, my, my phrase of the year is follow up. Uh, I want to I be in the streets more and I want to be outside more reaching people, following up with people. And uh, God has blessed us just to share what uh, God is doing. We, uh, we bought a shower trailer and uh, we're going to start a ministry called Get Clean. And uh, it has three showers in it. And we're offering um, showers to homeless people, hot showers with hygiene and soap and water and if you've been in the streets and you've been a long time without a shower, you give people clothes and you give people stuff like that, but if they can't take a hot shower, when you take a hot shower, you feel redeemed. And uh, we're going to talk to them about their souls before they get on that shower and uh, ask them if, they've been, if they're being trafficked to help them get off the street, tell them that we can get them in detox to help them get clean from drugs, and then we're going to tell them that Jesus can wash them clean. And, uh, and, and then they'll get, get a shower. And hopefully when they're in there taking that shower, they'll think about everything we said to them. And then when they get off of that shower, they'll see us waiting for them and, and be able to help them get clean. And, and God has given us so many tools to reach people with the gospel. Uh, you know, me and Jeff have a common denominator, and it's Jesus. And uh, we are bound together, and we're brothers. And if you're a Christian today... You have a tattooed brother up here. I love you, and I'm so glad that, that God has bound us together. I may be more excited about you being my brother than you are about me being your brother, <laughs> but that's okay. Amen? Uh, so, so God is good. I'm going to take this off here because I have a feeling I may knock them off. So uh, We're going to be in, um, in Luke chapter 11. Uh, we have information about our ministry outside of the... The door there, I have a couple books I wrote, Brother Jeff, let me bring. Uh, one is called The Pit to the Pulpit, it's my testimony book. And the other one is a book I wrote on enabling called Stop Loving Your Kids to Death. And, um, and they're $15 a piece or free. And so if you can't afford a book, I'll give you one by faith, just believing God's going to take care of us. And, and we have a credit card reader and all that. And then there's, there's a way to sign up for our newsletters and then some stuff that God is doing. You can stop by and visit us out your uh, today and so if you have your Bible and you would turn your Bible to Luke chapter 11 the title of the message is don't give up but pray don't give up pray so if you if you found your place in Luke chapter 11 and you can stand would you honor God's word by standing as it's read
Amen. Verse 5 says, And he said to them, this is Jesus talking, Which of you having a friend, and go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has come to me on a journey, and has nothing. I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because he is persistent, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from, his, from any father among you, would you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you will offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to get good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Have a seat. We'll pray together this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your sense of humor. Saving an old dope fiend like me, Lord. A homeless criminal from a family of criminals and drug addicts. And calling me to preach your word to the church and to my people group. And I ask God if there's somebody here today that stopped praying. If there's somebody here today that stopped knocking. If there's somebody here today that stopped seeking. That today you would just breathe fresh wind into them. Let them know not to give up. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as their savior this morning, Lord. They may have everything this world offers. They may have money, success, women, men, relationships. But God, they don't have purpose and they don't have peace. And this morning you say, if you'll ask for it, you'll give it to them, Lord. If they'll trust in you, if they'll ask you to save them this morning, then they could be saved. So God, I pray that you make me bold and brave and unafraid. And you help me preach like a dying man to a dying people. We'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I will, I will mention something very unique, Jeff. Uh, Jody was raised on that reservation. She's raised on the Pine Ridge Reservation. So she's actually going back where she came from, which makes that story even cooler. Uh, so so let's, let's, let's see what Jesus is speaking about here in the, in the message. So the context of the message that Jesus is speaking is prayer. Very clear. Jesus had just been asked to teach us how to pray. So Jesus wasn't asked to teach, uh, teach him how to walk on water. Jesus wasn't asked by his disciples to teach them how to raise the dead or heal the sick. Jesus was asked to teach them how to pray. I just want you to think for a minute with me. Imagine God in the flesh praying. The God-man, Jesus, the Son of God. I can almost close my eyes this morning and listen and hear him. I wonder what it sounded like. What would it have been like 
to walk with Jesus Christ and to hear him pray. I just want you to imagine for a minute all the things that they've seen Jesus do. All the miracles. But what grabbed a hold of them was his prayer. And it wasn't just being alone with God because they couldn't find Jesus. And they would, where is he? He would be alone praying with God. He would get up early in the morning. He would meet with the Father. But it was the, it was the actual prayer. He prayed different. He touched heaven when he prayed. It grabbed them. And they said, teach us how to do that, Jesus. Notice the context and the connection. This is very interesting. If you look at chapter 11, verse 3, Jesus just mentioned daily bread. So Jesus mentions the Our Father prayer. He, he didn't say repeat these prayers because he said don't be like the heathen who, who think they're going to be heard for, for their many words. Don't use vain repetition. He's given them a model to pray and pray like this. Mention these things. These things are important. But Jesus says... Uh, give us our daily bread. And so Jesus takes the, this prayer that we all know. Uh, and then he's, he, he tells a story, a parable, which is not a, a true story. Because true stories have names in them and people. And, and he said a man went to a village. And so this is a parable. It's a heavenly truth told in an earthly story. A parable is like a shadow of the real thing. Jesus is communicating heavenly truth through a through a story, and, and through the story, Jesus goes into this parable of a man who's traveling in verse 5. And, and, and this man was traveling, and he needed three loaves of bread. Three loaves of bread would be enough to make it through the day. And, and Jesus is speaking of barley loaves, which are, is a poor man's bread, a poor man's meal. And, and, and so it, it's like this, the formula is like, can you believe that, or can you imagine that would happen? And so Jesus is explaining this, and he says, a man win, and can you imagine? And he uses this in verse 11 of chapter 11. He uses this in verse four, uh, 28 of chapter 14. How ridiculous would this be, Jesus is saying. What is, he, what, is he, what is he communicating to us this morning about prayer? Is Jesus telling us that God is like a grouchy neighbor who won't get out of bed? Is that what he's saying? Jesus is not making a, compar a comparison this morning. Jesus is making a contrast. Jesus is telling us and teaching his disciples, look how much different God is than this neighbor. Look how much different God is than this neighbor who will not get out of bed. I want you just to think about this. Look how much different a holy God is than, uh, a, than, a, than a heavenly father than an earthly father. So he makes these comparisons and he says, if a sinful man knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the things that you ask for? I want to take you to a first century village this morning. Imagine you're in a small village with no shops, no restaurants, but each morning people would prepare bread for their households. This man was out of bread, and his neighbor shows up with food for his guest, and this guest shows up unexpected, and people would travel at night due to the heat sometimes. And, and if, if someone showed up at your house at night, Brother Jeff, uh, it, it's called the, 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 um, the law of hospitality. You had a duty to take care of that person. And even in the Middle East today, they're very hospitable. And even Muslims, believe it or not, are in the Middle East, and you're going to be mad at me. Some of you may walk out, but you're already mad probably anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> 
many Muslims are nicer than most Christians. They practice the art of hospitality, very hospitable to each other. And so when you showed up in the first century in, in the village and you didn't have bread, you would be ashamed and you would bring shame on your village. And so this man didn't have bread for his visitor, so he goes to the neighbor. And he says, hey, it's in the middle of the night. He knocks on the door. And this well-respected man, he's, he, he wants to get bread for his neighbor and he just needs a a few lumps, a few loaves, and his, his, his grumpy neighbor, can you blame him? Midnight, he's in bed, the lights are out, he, want, he wants to go to sleep. And then all of a sudden, unannounced. How many like unannounced visitors? Raise your hand. I don't like unannounced visitors. Why doesn't he answer the door? Look at verse 7, y'all. Look what it says. He will not answer from within. He will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. Look, I cannot rise. Very interesting. Poor people lived in one room. The kids slept in the bed. With the, with the father and the mother. Sometimes they would have their animals in there. They would have the sheep and the goats in the house. And, and they didn't have a, a, come on now, they didn't have a light switch. This is first century. They had lamps going. And the door wasn't a little turn knob. No, no, no. They had robbers and stuff. They, they would bolt that door shut. And so this man went through all this trouble. He bolts the door shut. He secures the house. He gets everybody in bed. He gets the animals where they need to be. He goes through and he shuts all the lights out. And now everybody's in bed. All of a sudden, hey, he's laying in the bed, Brother Jeff. He's inside the house sleeping. He's laying with his wife. You know, his wife wasn't happy. I cannot answer. I cannot rise. I'm in bed. Go away. Who is that, Jeff? <laughs> What's he want? Go away. I can't rise. We're about to have intense fellowship in my house. Amen. <laughs> Me and my wife are about to have intense fellowship. He had bread. He could have gave him bread. That's not why he didn't answer. It was because of the trouble to get up. I cannot rise. What's Jesus teaching us this prayer? What's he trying to teach us about our Father in heaven through this parable? I want to give you some simple take-homes this morning. I like simple things. I'm a simple guy. Simple things change your life. $25 words, they're not going to help you overcome sin. Simple. Here's a simple truth this morning. First point, be persistent in your prayer. Be persistent this morning in your prayer. I can see it. This man says, I cannot do it. Leave me alone. And this guy says, hey. 
This guy's telling him to go away. I'm not going to stop knocking. I'm not going to stop asking. I'm not leaving the door. I don't care if you fight with your wife. I don't care if I wake up the kids. I don't care how much time it's going to take for you to get out of that bed. I don't care about the work that's going to go into you lighting the lamps. I don't care if you trip over your goats. Hey! You're teaching us this morning. Knock. This is prayer. Hey! The neighbor doesn't get up. He doesn't give up. He doesn't take no for an answer. He's, no answer isn't good enough for him. He's knocking. I know you got what I need. I know you got what I want. I know you got what I need. I'm not leaving the door until you answer. The only reason he got up and gave bread is because the guy wouldn't go away. Jesus said, that's prayer. Pray like that. You say, why am I telling you this? Because some of y'all have quit praying. That's why. You quit praying. You gave up. Hey! I remember being in prison. Brand new to salvation. Got saved reading the Bible. Found out I was a poster child for Christianity. According to the Bible. The Bible showed me that people just like me were perfect for Jesus. Messed up people. I was so scared of church people. I thought, man, they're so perfect. Look at them. I'm going to find out how messed up I was. Then I met some of y'all. And I said, man, we're going to get along just fine. Because <laughs> you guys are more messed up than I am. And, and, and I didn't know nothing about the Bible. I had no family. I had nobody to write me in prison. I didn't even use my one five-minute free phone call. I gave my PIN number away because I never had nobody to call. I was in a, a crowded prison in Fulton Diagnostics a Reception Center in 2008, waiting to go to a level four prison. And the bays were so full, and the, the people were living, sleeping outside of the bays in the walkways with their bunks, and I was outside in a bunk in a walkway, lights on all the time. I'd get on my knees at night, and I'd get on my bunk, and I'd cry out to God. They'd mock me. I could hear their remarks and their jokes. Hey! I ain't got nowhere to go, God. I ain't got no family. I'm a $5 a month on welfare prisoner. Hey! God's so much better. Grumpy neighbor. He ain't trying to get you to leave him alone this morning. He loves to answer prayer. But you stop praying. I want to encourage you to get back in that, to pray, to approach God.
said, God hasn't given me what I want yet. He hasn't given me an answer. No, it's an answer. Maybe, wait, hold on. You're not ready yet. That's an answer. He knows what's best. Somebody's given up praying. You're in this room this morning. You stop it. Somebody's ready to throw in the towel and quit. God sent me to remind you that he loves to answer prayer. Be persistent. And my second point is prayer is asking God. Man, how simple is that? I love what Warren Wiersbe says. I don't know if we got this quote or not. Persistence in prayer is not a, an attempt to change God's mind. Thy will be done. But to get ourselves in a place where God can trust us with the answer. Prayer changes me. God said, you're not ready for the answer yet. So keep praying. <laughs> keep praying. Who receives answered prayer? People who pray. That's who received answered prayer. People who pray. All through the Bible, the word ask is pray. That's what he's saying. Ask, pray. Ask, pray. Ask and it will be given to you. Ask. You say, where else in the scripture does it do that at? Flip Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant. Paul used to make words up. That's not even a real Greek word. He just made it up. Super extra exceeding. He's, he's throwing stuff together. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundant above all we ask. Pray. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you pray. Or think according to the power that works in us. James 4, 3, you ask, you pray, and you do not receive because you ask, pray, amiss, so you can spend it on your pleasures. I believe there's somebody in this room listening to the sound of my voice this morning, and you're not praying anymore. You're a Christian, and you quit. There are situations that you in, that some of you are in, that are desperate. And somebody in this room, your pride is keeping you from prayer, and I would encourage you this morning when I give that altar call. That whatever it is that you need to knock about, get on this altar and say, hey, God, I'm not going away. For 11 years, I've had the privilege of ser serving in frontline ministry. Reaching hard to reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would rather, I would never rather do anything else. I think I got about 20 more years left. Maybe I could do it till I'm 65, 70. I don't know. I love it. We have 50 beds, around 50 beds available under the ministry that I'm in charge of here. We 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 had a woman one time that was accepted into our women's home and the day after we accepted her into the woman's house, she found out she was pregnant. 
we're not, we're not a nine-month ministry. We're a one-year ministry. So it gives, gives you an idea what's about to happen. So my wife and I committed to walking through life with this gal. And uh, she gave birth. My wife was in the delivery room with her. And then she moved into our house for two weeks. And then we took the little boy. And we, we, uh, we kept him. And for seven months or so, he stayed with us. And she graduated. And, and then we kept him for a while while she's getting on her feet. She, we were, my wife would babysit for her. And he called me Papa. Paul. And he called her Mimi. And, and through, that, through that, I knew that we wanted a baby. Because my wife and I are a blended family. She can't have kids. We've been married 10 years. And, and uh, she had brought children into the relationship. I brought a child into the relationship. And we're both we're messed up, you know. And, and uh, so we, we, we decided we wanted a child. But I, I, before the governor pardoned me, I was a convicted crack dealer in a school zone. Not a pretty charge. And I didn't know how we could ever have a kid or adopt a kid. And we started praying. And I was praying. My wife was, hey! They told us there's no way you can do this. No way. We had abandoned babies at our doorstep. Little girl dropped off at our doorstep, bites all over her, kept in a camper two years old. Parents strung out on meth. They took her from us and gave us the two homosexuals to raise because I was a felon. And them two homosexuals gave her back to the state, and she ended up back in, in custody of the state. And I thought, man, how's this going to work? My wife said, hey! My wife would pray and say, God, we want a daughter. And we want her to look like, I want her to look like her daddy. And I pray that you give her a goofy sense of humor. Hey! I wasn't praying like her. I was pretty much giving up. Had a revival meeting called Save Our City Revival. About a thousand people in attendance every night. We do it once a year at Bible Baptist College in Springfield, Missouri. A homeless girl shows up. The last night of revival on one of our buses with two trash bags to her name. One of our greeters her and say, hey, how can I, how can I, what can I do for you today? And she said, I'm seven months pregnant with a little girl. And I've been to all the adoption agencies and I've looked through all the profiles in this city and I can't find nobody I feel like is a fit to adopt my baby. So they take her to my wife. And this girl's from the street. She, they take her to my wife and my wife meets with her at the booth because everybody knew my wife was, hey! She explains to my wife the whole story And there's a girl on the other side of that table And she knows the girl Tiffany, the pregnant girl And she said, hey Tiffany She explains the story to this girl Anna And Anna said, have you told him yet? Have you told her yet? And my wife said She said, tell, tell me what? And my wife said We're praying for a little we, I ain't let nobody, just nobody adopt my baby. What you mean, we? You know, she's from the hood. <laughs> Who's we? Me and my husband, he's the one preaching tonight. And I got up and did the welcome. 
And I'm going to get, I'm not Pentecostal, I'm Baptist, but I'm going to tell you something. When I spoke, the baby began to leak in the womb. And it freaked her out so much when that baby heard my voice that she went outside and smoked a cigarette seven months pregnant on an independent conservative uh, Baptist Bible college ground, which is crazy. <laughs> she goes back in and she gets saved. I don't know nothing. I have no idea any of this is going on. I'm with the band about to preach. I get off the stage, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, three days of revival, we pack our stuff up, we get in the car, and my wife says, I think we're going to have a baby. I said, what are you talking about, woman? She tells me the story, and I said, you need to guard your heart. You're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt, you got to guard your heart. My wife said, hey! We go to Illinois to preach that next morning. That Sunday night, Charlotte goes to church. I'm sleeping. And uh, Tiffany's there. Anna took her in her house. Tiffany said, I know God wants you to have my baby. We take her out to eat the next night. She tells us a story, tells us all about how God wants her, wants us. I'm guarded because I don't trust people. And I'm we call all the Christian adoption agencies, and all we need is a home study, and they all reject us. Every single one of them. Because I was a felon. They wouldn't even come and do us a home study. There's five agencies in Springfield. One of them said yes. A lady named Janice. And Janice told my wife, she said, tell John I've read his first book already. They came and they explored our lives and they interviewed our kids and they put them in separate rooms and asked us all these questions about drug addiction and family past and we're both messed up, man. I said, there's no way they're going to approve us to do this. I hired a private lawyer. He said, I've been practicing law 13 years and I've never seen a felon privately adopt a baby that wasn't next to kin in all my years of practice. Janice deemed us excellent for adoption. Janice had the, uh, Tiffany had the baby. My wife did skin on skin with her like it was her child. Gave us her own delivery room. We were in there for three days with my daughter. She's never left our side. Would you show that next slide? And God even made her look like me. What is it this morning that you're wrestling with that God can't handle? What is it this morning that you feel like you can't approach God with? And knock. Ask him. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the tragedies in my life brought me to a place where I surrendered to Jesus and cried out to him and asked him to save me. <laughs> God is using the hardships from my life to bring people to seek him more and more. And today I think God is seeking you. Will you ask him? Will you knock? Read the scripture? And my last take home, this is simple and we're done. You can trust God with the answer. 
morning. Warren Wiersbe says prayer is based on sonship. Prayer is not based on friendship. I'm not going to God just as my friend. I'm going to God as a son. For those that surrender to Jesus Christ, I want you to know that we have access to God the Father. Not like a villager waking up a grumpy neighbor, but so much better and so much different. But on behalf of Jesus Christ, we approach God as a father. As a Christian, no prayer is unheard, no prayer is unheeded, and no prayer is unanswered. You know what the problem is? Some of you guys and gals keep asking for a piece of fish. You keep asking for something you think is a fish, but it's really a snake. It's really a scorpion. It's really a stone. That relationship you keep praying about is probably a snake. That's why God says no. That job you keep wanting to move to is probably a stone and not a piece of bread. God can be trusted with the answer. I ask that you'll stand with me this morning. and I want to ask the worship team to come. I don't know about you, Brother Jeff, and many other seasoned Christians here today, but there's been times in my life where I prayed, and today I can say, I thank God he said no. I thank God he said no. I thought I knew what was best. And I can look back at my life and remember some prayers I prayed, and I'm so thankful he said no. This morning, don't quit praying. Prayer brings us into a place where God can trust us with the answer. Call on the name of Jesus Christ. Hey, there are people here, if you're lost and you don't know Jesus, I would love to pray with you. Brother Jeff would love to pray with you. If you're a woman today and you need a woman to pray with you, my wife's here. Pastor Man's wife's here. There's other women here who will pray with you. But I really want to challenge you this morning. Have you stopped knocking? Have you given up on prayer? Is there something in your life you need to petition God for and say, I'm going away until you give me the answer? Let's pray this morning. Father, these altars are open. What's an altar? Many might think that this morning. An altar is a place of death. It's a place where things are put down. It's a place where the Old Testament, they would meet with you and make sacrifices, God. And we, we this morning have opened up this stage as a place to pray. I believe that the Holy Spirit is the, is the sword. The word is the sword of the Holy Spirit. Not the sword of the Baptist, the Pentecostal, or the preacher. And the Bible says faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so as the word of God is preached this morning, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take that word of God as a sword and begin to convict hearts. I pray folks would not wait till they go home. I pray that folks would not wait till they get to the car. But if they are under your Holy Ghost conviction this morning, that they would come walk that out. They're, they're not brave enough this morning by themselves. They would bring a friend and they would say, hey, God. I'm knocking this morning. You promised that you'd give me the answer. So, Lord, if there's somebody here lost this morning without the hope of Christ, if they took their last breath right now, that they would 
They don't know if they'd enter into your presence or not, Lord God, that this morning they would nail that down. You're showing them, hey, you, you need to be saved. Maybe there's somebody this morning that was praying like my wife. And the odds are against them. And everyone tells them it's not going to work. But God, this morning, they need to come and petition you. And they need to knock and they need to seek and they need to ask. So God, in a moment, would you do what years of counseling can't do? In a moment, would you break statistics, defy odds? Would you move on somebody's heart this morning and bring them to a place where they can meet with you and something supernatural will happen? In Jesus' name, amen. As we begin to sing, I want to open these altars up, guys. Is there somebody this morning that needs to petition God for something? Is there somebody this morning that needs to say, hey, I'm not going nowhere. I'm seeking you, Lord. Because you say, if I seek you, I'll find you. As we sing, you come. Don't you wait right now.
Uh, this is why I love Freeway Sunday every year. Amazing, amazing service. John, thank you for the word this morning. Um, I want to say when he was bringing up, one thing he said, uh, when, when God says no, that God will say no. I wouldn't be here this morning, uh, standing here, if God hadn't said no uh, to me. It's probably been 12 years ago. I was really praying about a job, and I really, I was praying... A, God, I want this job, I want this job, and uh, that job had rotating shifts, 
and I didn't get the job. I mean, I had ev- everything was lined up. People were pulling for me. I thought this is this is it. I'm I'm gonna get this job, and it's a life changing job for my family. And um, I didn't get it, and I was upset. Well, about two years later, I got into ministry. Uh, and if I'd have had that job, I would have never got into youth ministry. Wouldn't be here at Crossbridge. I'd probably be sitting uh, in a pew somewhere, just a really relaxed, laid back Christian. Uh, but I'm here because God said no. So he knows what he's doing. I'm asking Mike, I want to close with this. Mike Simon, you come up here. Mike is our freeway director. Uh, he does services every Saturday night. He's in charge of the freeway service. Anything you want to say, brother, you can, and then you close us in prayer. Any needs you have for help or anything at all, you close us in prayer this morning. I just want to say thank you to John Stroop. Uh, instrumental in my walk uh, with Christ. Uh, I came from the same place he did, came from prison. Uh, I cried out uh, to God, and, and uh, God answered my prayers. And so thank you for being here this morning, John, and, and thank you for that message. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit, Lord, that uh, guides us and, and shows us the way, Lord. And I thank you personally for waking me up this morning, Lord, with this, this desire just to seek you, Lord. I know that comes from you, Lord. It's not, it's not, uh, it doesn't come from me, Lord. It comes from you, Lord. And so I know that you answer prayers, Lord. Uh, all the times I've prayed and asked for help, Lord, and, and uh, you've helped me and you were there. So thank you so much for that, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, for that person that struggles with prayer this morning, Lord, that, that you would just guide them in their steps, Lord. Guide them in their thoughts and their, and uh, just, just reveal to them, Lord, uh, the truth in prayer, Lord, and, and reassure them that, uh, you are the way, the truth, and the life. So thank you, Lord. I just pray as we leave here this morning, Lord, that we, we go throughout this week, Lord, and that we be men and women of prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.